Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Okay, let's talk about this uh, Freedom of Information fee, the $10 fee. Interesting report coming out from Michael McAvoy. Yeah, the fee did exactly the job the NDP wanted. They were hoping to discourage media requests and requests for information from political parties. They thought a $10 fee would do the job, and it did. 80% drop in media requests for information since the fee kicked in, and a 40% drop for requests for information from political parties. So it didn't seem like a big number, but it did the job the government wanted. They are being harassed as they see it by requests for information and embarrassed by what comes out. They brought in the fee against their own promises in the past, and uh, I'm sure they're reading that report, smacking their lips and say, hey, it did the trick, we took a bit of heat for it, but man, oh man, have we ever shut down requests. Oh, man, because I remember when we talked about this at the time and their whole excuse was that, oh, you know what? It was costing so much money. They needed to generate some money, but they're not generating any money from this. Raised $15,000. That's probably like $15,000. That's not why they did it. That's not even a rounding error on the expense account in the premier's office. This is all about discouraging applications. Uh, The NDP feeling they were being harassed. Did the trick. You know, it's interesting. There's a cabinet minister who predicted all this. Uh, Murray Rankin, when he was a federal MP for the New Democrats and the Harper government, remember them, brought in a $5 fee for access to information. Rankin, Rankin is an expert on access to information. He's one of the founders of the legislation here in British Columbia wrote a whole book about access to information, great defender of it. He got up in Parliament and said, look, a $5 fee will act as a barrier to people applying for information. That's what it'll do. He condemned it. So he came out here. He's now in cabinet, in the cabinet of a government that brings in a $10 fee. And what does Rankin do? Total silence. Never gets up and defends the fee never rationalizes it, just hopes the issue will go away. One of my colleagues finally tracked him to his office and put the hypocrite question to him, right? (laughs) Yeah. And Rankin goes, oh, I had no idea how bad the problem was out here. Like, if you want, you know that term situational ethics? That's where you tailor your ethics to where it suits your political purpose. Well, I give you Murray Rankin, one of the leading hypocrites in the government, but man, oh, man, That fee did the job. I know uh, McAvoy is very fair and balanced. He says it's not proven in every way. It merely raises concerns. But here's one of the dirty tricks that he points out. So you're a media organization, a little one. You know, 10 bucks is a big deal, right? You've got a limited budget. You put in your application for information. And the letter comes back. We can't find anything about that. They don't refund the 10 bucks, right? You got to be sure they got the stuff just to apply. And if it's going to take them more than three months or a fixed number of days to find the information, they can charge you a much bigger fee on top of that. So the fees are a barrier anyway, but the application fee just basically says, yeah, go ahead and fish if you want, but if you don't catch a fish, we're not giving back 10 bucks. Hmm. And not every organization is charging this either. 
No, you know, that's one of the most interesting things in McAvoy's report. I mean, obviously, this is his first review, so it's a six-month review uh, covering the first six months under the fee last year. Um, but he also looked around. There's at more than 100 government agencies at every level, uh, crown corporations, agencies, local government, everything, to see <clears throat> who all was charging the fee because it's there for everyone. And what he found was only two dozen are actually doing it, and they're mostly central government. It's mostly the NDP-driven part of the government. Most other agencies aren't charging the fee. Some of them say, well, they're thinking about it. So, you know, again, it just focuses the problem here. The $10 fee, which you know seems minor and seems like a nuisance, um, is just driven by central government. Most agencies that are covered by the legislation, are still saying, no, we don't want to put up a barrier. We don't want to make it harder to ask for information. The information it should be public. It should be out there. And we're not going to bring in this $10 fee to discourage, especially media and especially our political opponents, from applying for information. Here's interesting too, I was thinking about the new premier, right? Because this was brought in by the yep. previous premier. Yep. That the new premier, who was once head of the Civil Liberties Association, yeah. it would. I just, I'm surprised that he would want to keep this fee around. Well, that's a good point. You know, uh, go back to the press conference where he released the report of the public inquiry into money laundering. David Eby made a point at that press conference of praising the provincial news media for the reporting back in the B.C. liberal era that fueled calls for money laundering. That was, that E.B. led those calls, but there was an awful lot of excellent news media reporting that flagged the problem, that flagged the problem of money laundering and the lack of a crackdown by the liberal government. And E.B., to his credit, said, made a point, thanking the news media for their efforts. Well... Okay, he knows what it means uh, when there are few barriers as possible to the news media doing its job. So I agree with you, Simi. This would be a good one for EB to s signal his uh, commitment to openness and transparency. Um, it's not going to cost the government anything, really. 15000 bucks. that's nothing for the government. And uh, it would be a good way of him to signal that, uh, you know, the 100 Days of Action is also going to include the theme of openness and transparency. Well, yeah, better yet, overhaul the whole thing, right? Everybody's yep. always saying FOI is broken. Yep, yep, no, and I mean, uh, McAvoy has some other recommendations. <laughs> some, some agencies won't take cash uh, for the fee, right? They want a check or something, and not surprisingly, <laughs> some people see me are saying, wait a minute, I don't necessarily want someone in government to have a record of me asking for this information. That kind of request in a paranoid world could cost you your job or lead to retribution. So let, it, let me pay cash, right? And they have finally come around in some places and said, yeah, okay, you can pay cash. Because McAvoy says the huh. whole point of privacy, he's also the privacy commissioner, right? He says the whole point of privacy is that a lot of people, they don't really want a big yeah, record out private. there of what they ask for and when they ask for it.
That makes sense to me. Um, oh, let's also talk about the new deputy leader of the BC Greens. Yeah, the Green Party is taking seriously the prospect of a spring election. They got badly double-crossed and blindsided in 2020 by the NDP, so not surprising. And uh, party leader Sonia Firstineau has appointed a deputy leader, Dr. Sajiv Gandhi, a medical doctor, uh, was what? He was clinical, uh, former chief of pediatric surgery at Children's Hospital. So he was appointed this week. And, you know, you saw right away the advantage of having a medical doctor as your deputy uh, leader. Uh, that issue we talked about, about the need for physician assistance as a way of backstopping doctors in the ER, Dr. Gandhi said he worked with them for, you know, 17 years when he worked in the United States. He said, we have them in Manitoba. We have them elsewhere in Canada. Why doesn't British Columbia have them? Very good question. And fast out of the gate there, the good doctor, uh, making an issue for the Greens. Um, there's some controversy, right? He's a sharp critic of the health ministry's handling, of BC's handling, of COVID-19. He's in the camp that says, uh, we're not doing enough now. Uh, we should have a mask mandate for indoors. Uh, we should be doing more to educate the public to the fact that the pandemic isn't gone away. It's not over. So that makes him a pretty strong critic of uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry, Health Minister Adrian Dix. He's not on the side that's saying they're do too, doing too much. He's on the side that's saying they're not doing enough. Okay, that's interesting then. So, but he also, he maybe they're getting ready for the election, but he also says he doesn't know if he's running in the next election. Yeah, he says he doesn't know if he's running. The Greens have another deputy leader, Sonia Firstino, also appointed Lisa Gunderson. She's a clinical psychologist and an anti-racism consultant. She was on the board of the Green Party of Canada for a while. I don't think she's there anymore. Uh, she is running. She says she's running. So, you know, they're, uh, they're, as I say, the Greens are getting ready. The Liberals say that they think a spring election is a genuine prospect, but still looking around for evidence that they're really getting ready. They did legally, constitutionally, changed their name to BC United earlier this month. Uh, they haven't launched the rebranding exercise yet. Kevin Falcon says the Greens need to pull up their, uh, sorry, the BC Liberals need to get much better at fundraising. So that's a challenge. And he does say the Liberals will be nominating for diversity. But unlike the Greens, the Liberals haven't nominated any candidates yet. The Greens have nominated one. Right. All right. Thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Simi.